Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church. It is so great to be with you today as we start a brand new series called Worship, um, Building a Vertical Life. And what we want to do is uh, just really start with a conversation about what this thing of worship is all about. I know that's a word you might hear thrown around in church life around the world. And, and maybe you wonder what that means. What are we talking about when we speak of worship? And, and so this whole series is going to be dedicated to that. What does it mean to live a life of a worshiper, a worshiper of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, one who loves Jesus. And so we thought it would be really fun to uh, start this conversation with a, a, a panel discussion of some amazing people, and I'll introduce them to you right now. To my right is Don Bryan, who is a, a counseling elder here at Cove Church, also very involved in our prayer ministry. He has been a missionary. He has led lots of, of ministries throughout the years, one of the, the wisest people among us, so we get to have Don here. Uh, to his right is Jim Beckler, a big part of our prayer ministry here, has a heart for prayer, a love for Jesus, is a worshiper, has been uh, just a, an amazing asset to this team and a, a dear friend. Uh, to his right is Stephanie Greco, uh, who is one of our worship leaders here at Cove Church. Uh, she is a musician. She's a songwriter, an amazing vocalist, which you're very used to hearing, but she also has a heart of love for Jesus that she expresses not just as a singer, but also as someone who just talks about Jesus. So last but not least, is our very own Gordon Schlosser, who is involved in so many things when it comes to worship ministry here. He's involved in the production side, the videos that you see at Cove Church. Gordon is a big part of that, but he's also a worship leader. He's a person who loves Jesus deeply and has a lot to share on this subject. So what we want to do was, was to gather a group of people that from their different perspectives, their different experiences could speak to this subject of worship and that we could glean from them. So I, I will start here. We'll start with you, Don. Uh, this is a question for everybody, but we'll start here. When you hear the word worship, what comes to mind for you? Well, I have formulated a, a definition that uh, I use as a reminder to keep me on track about worship. Okay. But uh, the word worship means to honor, to adore, and to attribute worth. Hmm. When applied to God... It implies the recognition of God's worth and the rendering to him of appropriate honor. Wow. And it comes to mind that old song used to sing at the Billy Graham Crusade, How Great Thou Art. Yeah. So worship is a verb. It is something that we do. We must turn our worship into service, and our service becomes a lifestyle. Wow. Service is true worship. And true worship is service. So let's glorify the God by telling him how great thou art. That's the epitome of worship. <laughs> well, man, that's a great place to start. It's almost like the end point, like drop the mic, we're done. But I, that was a great place to start. Thank you for that, Don. Same question to you, Jim. When you hear the word worship, what comes to mind? Well, I'd have to say that was a great introduction. <laughs> and, you know, in all of that, um, I guess all I could really add to that would be that the word that comes to mind when worship is brought to, to uh, my attention is opportunity. Mm. 
And when I say opportunity, I think, you know, I stop and think of the fact that, you know, we have the opportunity to, you know, bring God our best, obviously, but also it, when it really kind of stop and think about who am I that God would open a door to, for me to come into his presence and spend time with him. Yeah. You know, I thought about, you know, we have ample opportunity. We don't just have to worship on Sundays. We can worship any time of the week. Any time that we want to be in God's presence, he's, he's available to us. And mm. so that's why I say opportunity. I think, um, again, I'm, I'm just kind of amazed to think what we've been given as Christians, that we can spend time with the creator of the universe, yeah. you know, the one who spoke uh, this, everything into existence that we yeah. experience, and yet he calls us into a place of worship, yeah. into an intimacy that we can express those things that Don said. You know, we can yeah. say, you know, we can tell him, you know, how, what we feel about him and how much we love him and mm. those things that are very intimate, but yeah. it's on a personal level. You know, I love corporate worship. I love when we come in here and we have a great worship team. They bring us in. They draw us into that place. Yeah. But when, when it's really right down to the nitty-gritty, when it's just me and him, yeah. then, you know, that's, I think, when worship really becomes real yeah. and very personal. Yeah. That standing invitation always, that opportunity. It's always here. Come. Come to the table. Yeah. Yeah. It's love like he that. calls us out of wherever we're at. Yeah. You know, I thought about, you know, I, I live in Springfield. I've never gotten a call from the mayor of Springfield that said, hey, I'd, I'd like to spend some time with you, you know, or, <laughs> you know, the governor or the president, you know, and yeah. nobody's ever called me and said, hey, I'd like to spend some time with you, you know. But, Shocking. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. It's hard to believe, but it's true. <laughs> but yet God calls us into that place. Yeah. You know, we hear that voice that says, you know, I, hey, Jim, I'd really like to spend some time with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he's not limited by how much time. Yeah. You know, so when you really think about that, it's pretty amazing to think God wants to spend time with us. Yeah. Whether That's it's good. corporately or individually, we have that opportunity. Really good, Jim. Thank you for that. Stephanie, how about you? Same question. When you hear the word worship, what comes to mind? Yeah, I love that we started with the, the definition that Don was saying about the almost like a reassigning of worth or a recognition of, of worth and reverence and adoration. Because yeah. when I feel like when we know exactly what worship does, that kind of helps us define what worship looks like for us. It, it recalibrates us in alignment with God. It says... Uh, you're worthy, yeah. you are all-knowing, uh, all-powerful. And so knowing what worship does kind of helps us to understand what worship is. And it's not just a singing of songs or, or a gathering together. But when you look at it that way, I think you realize that worth, worship is so much more than just uh, doing it, singing songs together yeah. here on a Sunday morning. But uh, when you approach it that way, um, you realize that it it can apply to everything mm -hmm. throughout your life. Um, so when I think about the word worship, uh, I think about so many things. I think about 
community. I think about being here together with, with everybody singing and um, worshiping together. But I also think about service. That's a huge yeah. one. Um, it makes me wonder and it challenges me to think about how can I worship every moment of every day? Hmm. So that everything could be that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Gordon, same question. Start us off. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, man, I'm relating and resonating with everything that's been said so far. Um, I think for me, yeah, when I think of worship, um, I think of it as kind of the first word that comes to mind is surrender, that it's an mm. opportunity to basically say, I, I've, I've tried and I give up and Lord, I need you to have your way in my life yeah. and not just in this moment of worship, but I'm, it's an opportunity for me to be able to bring my stuff yeah. to God and say, yeah. have your way and do a work in me that only you can do. Cause obviously I've tried and it's, it's not working. <laughs> um, I think with, with worship as a whole, I've kind of had, uh, for lack of a better term, I've kind of had a punk rock approach to worship <laughs> that it's, it's, it's not never been so much like this clean, pristine thing for me. Yeah. It's been kind of this down, dirty, scrap out opportunity for the spirit to basically come into my soul and my heart and beat up what needs to be beat yeah. and break what needs to be break and rebuild what needs to be rebuilt. Mm. Um, and so that's, yeah, when I think of worship, I think of that. And same thing, I love corporate worship. Yeah. I love worship leading, something about being in a room with the brothers and the sisters and everybody getting after it. That's yeah. amazing. But at the end of the day, it's for an audience of one. Yeah. And so I love uh, those opportunities of when it's me and the Lord and whether it's I'm on my motorcycle cruising somewhere or I'm in the garage working on my wife's car, um, <laughs> you know, or I'm sitting in the auditorium getting ready on a Sunday, like those opportunities where the spirit can do a work that only he can do is, yeah. is pretty phenomenal. You know, it's interesting. Both of you made mention of this, this idea that, that in pointing to Jesus, it really addresses kind of the, the problem of us, which is our selfishness or the, the stuff that's going on in our hearts. And there's something to turning our hearts and saying, I'm here to lift you up and acknowledge you and invite you in. You've invited me, but I'm inviting you too. That's an amazing kind of both those things happening at the same time, right? We're bringing worth, but he's also engaging us. Um, what do you think? And well, I'm thinking this end and we'll move back the other way. When it comes to just for you, um, genuine experiences of worship, you know, because we recognize that, you know, there can be days and Sundays that go by. It's kind of like I, I was there. I wasn't, I know Jesus was there, but maybe I wasn't seeing him in the same way. And it's not always like, yeah, that was the most amazing experience. But what for you has been a very genuine experience of, experiences of worship in your life? Yeah, man, of course. I, I was like, I want to hear from these guys first. I'm yeah. like, Ooh, well, I'll catch the back end. Um, <laughs> no, no cheat. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, the most genuine has been when it's uh, not just felt, but even when it's communicated the most authentic. The scriptures are super clear about um, new worship and singing a new song to the Lord. And I, I know as, as like a worship leader in corporate worship, we don't always have that opportunity to be like, oh, let's whip a song together real quick and bust it out for Sunday. But depending on what's going on that day or in that season, we can take the songs we've been singing and do them in a new way yeah. and allow that to be an outpouring of worship. So it becomes less of this, we're trying to make it sound the same way every time, yeah. but it can be, this song is what's going to adapt to whatever's happening in the season. Yeah. Um, so maybe just leaning into a level of authenticity and yeah. how those songs are portrayed or, or are offered 
to the church. Sometimes it's almost like a song we've been singing maybe yeah. for a long time suddenly has new meaning because of what we're walking through. Absolutely. Like, I want to sing this now because <laughs> yeah. I'm desperate. I really am desperate now. So, you know, like, <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, yeah. oh, I get that now. Yeah, yeah, finally. I didn't get it before, but I get it <laughs> Yeah, now. I would yeah. agree. How about you? What, what has been I mean, genuine experiences for you? You've got to travel and stuff. I don't know if that helps or what, what speaks, what, what has done that for you, Stephanie? Yeah, I'll, I'll approach this question kind of the same way that Gordon did from the Sunday morning worship perspective. And I think for me, the, the most genuine times of worship have been uh, the times where I'm just able to get out of my own way. Hmm. and uh, lean into the truth that I know about who God is and not rely on what I'm feeling in the moment, what other people are doing around me. Um, I'm able to just be vulnerable with God. Um, I think feelings are a very fickle and, and untrustworthy and, um, to rely on the truth of who, you know, God to be, to Mm. worship in spite of maybe you're not feeling it, or maybe you're really feeling it, but knowing that, uh, sometimes it doesn't matter how you feel because worship oftentimes is a choice and it's a conscious action to realign yourself with God. And so the most genuine times have, looked very, might've looked very different from one another, but it's those times when I'm able to put pride aside and just rely on him and be in his presence. Yeah, that's good. That's really good stuff. How are you, Jim? That is really good. I I really like that. And it brings to mind on a personal experience, personal level. um, I guess I'm thinking genuine worship sometimes is those times when you really don't feel like worshiping, you're not really mm-hmm. in that place. And if I could share a quick testimony that yeah. kind of speaks to that. Not too long after I um, got saved and started um, in this relationship with the Lord, um, I was in a situation where I had an obligation to meet um, and, um, you know, I'd been praying about it and believing that God was going to, you know, provide something that I, so I could meet my obligation. Well, uh, as it turns out, I, you know, it didn't happen the way I expected it to happen. And so I uh, had to call this person and tell them I can't meet this obligation. And so, you know, I'm kind of feeling upset about that and a yeah. little um, not in the, you know, the right frame of mind, put it that way. So I, I thought, well, I'm gonna just going to go out on the, after I got off the phone, went out on the on the front porch and sat for a while, and I was having a, a pretty good pity party, mm. you know, feeling sorry for myself, you know, kind of angry with God. It's like, you know, Lord, you know, you said you'd provide for us, and, you know, this didn't happen the way I expected it. And, you know, I mean, we've, I guess, I've learned that as I've matured a little bit more in my faith, that things don't always happen the way you expect them to happen. And you know, obviously God came through at, a, at the right time. But my point is, as I was sitting there having this pity party, um, being kind of angry with God and telling him how upset I was and all the reasons why I was feeling the way I was, and the thought came to me, well, why don't you, I, you know, I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do now? And the thought came, well, why don't you worship the Lord? 
And as I was sitting there, I was thinking, well, I, that's the last thing I want to do right now. Right? I mean, I'm being as honest about, you know, I just didn't feel like worshiping God at that point. So, but it, worship is intentional, right? Yeah. You know, you have to make a choice to, to enter in. And so as I sat there a little bit, I struggling with that, you know, I kind of looked around and I thought, well, Nobody's cutting the cake, and I don't see any ice cream coming out, so I guess this pity party isn't going to happen. So I best just, I guess I'll just surrender. Like you said, I'll surrender. I guess I'll surrender. Yeah, okay, God, I give up. All right. I'll, and so I began to worship, and at first it was not, you know, it wasn't heartfelt at all. I was just doing this because I felt like, okay, this is what I'm being asked to do. And pretty soon, my heart began to change. Hmm. And... Within, you know, a short time, I'd say, I was in a place with the Lord that was very intimate, very beautiful, very hmm. personal. Hmm. And so I think on a personal level, I'd say that's maybe, a, a you know, a genuine time of worship to where I didn't really enter into that place to to do that. You know, yeah. I, I was like Jonah sitting on the hill, Yeah. you know, <laughs> and uh, but anyway... That's awesome. To me, that's a sign of genuine worship. Sometimes yeah. when we we just are intentional about it, Love even that. though we don't feel it. That's good. Don, same question. You've had all this range of experience as a missionary. You've had worship experiences all over the world. Tell us about a genuine worship experience for you. Well, this may sound rather peculiar, <laughs> <laughs> but my wife and I, we have... a time of reading the word and uh, prayer uh, nightly at nine o'clock and one night uh, I said Lord we enjoy worshiping you in these husband wife sessions in the evening but Lord how do I worship you daily hmm. Lord we come to church on Sunday we enjoy the worship but Lord, worship has to be more than just a Sunday experience. Hmm. And so one day I had to go out to Costco and I was really pressed for time. And uh, I said, Lord, I need a park, a good parking place as close as I can get to Costco <laughs> and get into this appointment that I have with their hearing aid man there. <laughs> And so I drove, as I drove up to, uh, to Costco. You were driving fast, weren't you? I there was a parking fast. place right smack the closest at the door. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I sat there and I lifted my hands in the car and I began to worship and said, Lord, thank you. You didn't have to do it, but you did it. I just want to give you a word of praise and glory. <laughs> so worship can be a daily experience, yeah. even over little small things that seem rather insignificant, hmm. but they're, nothing is insignificant in worship. That's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Let's talk, uh, have a couple of you speak to this idea of obstacles to worship. You've been hitting on a little bit of, sometimes I don't feel like it, some, you know, it might not be my favorite song, or, or might not be, I, I'm not even in church, I'm somewhere else, I'm in a parking lot. And, and so talk about obstacles you've faced in worship and, and maybe some of the ways you found your way to overcome those. A couple of you. I'll talk about this one. Great. <clears throat> 
So there are so many obstacles uh, simply because we're human. Yeah. And our humanity creates obstacles to worship uh, on a Sunday morning that could look like being insecure about what the person next to you is doing or how they perceive you yeah. uh, from from the platform. It could be, you know, do I sound okay? <laughs> how do I look? Everyone's staring at me. Um, there are so many obstacles that can keep us from worship, but I feel like in some ways that's to be expected yeah. because that's what the enemy wants. He wants to create obstacles for us. Yeah. He wants to do everything in his power to keep us from aligning ourselves with God. Um, I think it has a lot to do with our feelings too. You know, going back to uh, worship isn't about your feelings. Um, and this, talking about obstacles, it for me, something that I try to hold on to in those moments of insecurity or doubt or whatever it may be that's holding me back. Um, you know, the Lord tells us to take every thought captive yeah. and to, especially at our, in our worship, um, being really intentional and paying attention to our thoughts yeah. and, um, and also at the same time, being able to be vulnerable and, and let go and let God, um, do whatever he wants to do in our lives. So taking, taking my thoughts captive yeah. has been a huge thing for me yeah. in, my experience of worshiping and being a worship leader. Yeah. All the things that want to invade, right? Yeah. Mm. I've got a pot roast at home or, you know, who's, is the cat okay? Did I turn off my straightener? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, I have that one all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, that's great. One more about that, obstacles to worship. Someone speak to those that you've encountered. Well, I'll maybe add to that too, because that's, I think that's really good that you know, we can find external obstacles that a lot of things can come up that would distract us. But I really think that maybe sometimes we're our, um, our biggest obstacle, you know, when we come into to a place of worship. And I kind of feel like when we are intentional about worship, you know, you know like you said, not, not a, a lot of times we don't really feel like maybe we come to church, we got all this stuff that's going on in our life and, you know, we're just struggling with all the things that we've battled with during the, the course of the week. And yeah. even if we've spent time with the Lord, sometimes things just are a little heavy. And so maybe some of our biggest obstacles are within ourselves, you know, yeah. our own heart. And as I thought about worship, I thought too that, you know, there's a, I see that as a time of preparation too. When we, mm. when we come into God's presence, you know, one of the promises we have as Christians, he says, you know, I'll in a, I'm willing to take this heart of of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Yeah. And so sometimes when I come into that place of worship, I have to say, you know, like you said, Gordon, you know, I I'm, I surrender. Yeah. You know, I, I give my heart. I'm I'm willing to let you take, you know, the the obstacles that are here. Yeah. And flesh them out, you know, yeah. during this time of of worship. And I think that's part of the beauty of worship is, you know, we we receive that. Yeah. Even though we're we're giving, we want to give God our best in return. I think He says, you know, thank you for that. And by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna kind of clean out some of that stuff so that you can yeah. really enter in. Yeah. So um, sometimes it's within ourselves. Yeah. I guess what I'd say. 
Oh, that's such a good word. I've seen that even in your life, Jim. I've watched you walk, walk through that process. It's a really beautiful thing. So thanks for mentioning that. Let's, um, scriptures, scripture is filled with uh, both commands and encouragements to worship. And so I think it would be great to hear from everybody here uh, some scriptures that for you have been helpful in, in leading this vertical life, this life of worship. Where are scriptures that stand out to you? We'll start with you, Don, if, that, if you got some there. The scripture that really is, was spoken to me was First Chronicles 16.29. And the context of it is that uh, David is saying this when he saw the ark brought back home to where it was supposed to be. And in First Chronicles 16.29, David said, Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Mm. And that word splendor really got my attention. Yeah. Uh, splendor is used in the NIV, and King James is a beauty. But there's beauty in worship. There's splendor in God. Mm. And that's the way I want to worship him, in his greatness, in his splendor, and in his marvelous being, because as I do that, he he reveals himself more to me. Yeah. I begin to understand some things that I didn't understand before. Hmm. I begin to get a picture. Hey, how great God is in the splendor of his holiness. Wow. Lord, take me into your splendor <laughs> in worship. Amen. Thank you, Don. How do you, someone else? Scriptures that have helped. Maybe you, Gordon. Yeah, um, I think the two that come to mind for me are ones out of Proverbs, Proverbs 28.1, um, which says, The wicked flee, though no one pursue, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And so, uh, yeah, one of those things where there's, there's a boldness that comes with worship, um, whether it's, you know, I'm dealing with something and I'm, I'm asking the Lord to speak into it and do a work. Um, there's a boldness saying, like, oh, like, to the enemy or what have you, that, that this thing, this anxiety, this fear, this mental state doesn't have a hold or any power over what the spirit can do. Yeah. Um, and that worship is a vessel for that spirit to be able to minister in that way. Yeah. Um, the other one that comes to mind, um, back in high school, I was a DJ for four years. What, for, what, 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 what? Two turntables? <laughs> a little, little tiny radio station in Newport, Oregon. Oh, that kind of uh, DJ. I thought I was the yeah, other guy. Um, okay. Yes, I was a radio personnel. Oh, radio um, personnel. We, okay. we had a show called Friday Night Why Inferno. did I not know that? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little details. Um, but our, our verse for the show, because we were like, man, we, we, we love worship. It was all about music. We'd get together, talk theology, and talk about music hmm. um, in the Christian realm and our our verse for the show really had become a staple as I was developing my worship leading style and growing and this idea of what worship is in, in my life and that comes out of Hebrews 12 28 and 29 hmm. which says therefore since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe hmm. for our God is a consuming fire and so those are those are some verses that I think, especially with with reverence and awe, that yeah. those are two cornerstone pieces to effectively worshiping and wow. praising the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Jim, Stephanie, ever got one? Sure. A scripture passage uh, that really helps me look at worship differently and look at 
how I worship is Psalm 139. Hmm. Um, it says, you search me and you know me. Hmm. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You know when I sit and when I rise, um, you know, each hair on my head. It just goes into all of the detail about how God intimately knows every single one of us. Yeah. And if I if I go to de- to the depths of the earth, he is there. If I ascend to the highest heights, he is there. Hmm. Um, that's amazing for me to think about. Yeah. That how connected I am to God. Yeah. Um, and how connected we all are. He knows that about all of us. Yeah. And so this, like you were saying, Gordon, about awe and reverence, I I am so in awe of how mm. God knows me so well. Wow. And when I'm feeling far away from him or I'm feeling disconnected, um, even in, in moments, I think about this passage because I'm not disconnected from God. Yeah. He knows me so well. Yeah. And so this that helps me, even though it's not directly related to to worship, this scripture and this passage really helps me to uh, refocus my mind. So good. good. Thank you. Jim, how about you? Scripture that's helped with worship. Well, this week I've been thinking about um, the scripture in Psalms 100, uh, verse 4, it says, where it talks about enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Hmm. And so the things that came to mind really were the idea uh, that that we enter, you know, we have this accessibility that we talked about anytime that we want to, you know, it's not limited to a certain place. Like in those days when they, when that scripture was uh, written, it was, you know, you went into the temple and you, yeah. you know, you spent your time in worship there, but we can enter any time. Yeah. And the two things that kind of, I guess, stood out to me in that idea is when we come in, we should come in with, you know, like Don was saying, you know, we give our best. You know, we, yeah. it's kind of like we wrap up this, this present, put a nice bow on it, and under this arm we have, we're coming in with, you know, this gift of thanksgiving. And, and in this arm <laughs> we have, you know, it's all wrapped nice and, you know, we're doing our best to make it presentable and we have this gift of praise yeah and how we can um give that to god and then just the idea that when that happens when we enter into that with that right mindset you know we get so much back in return so good yeah well um this has been such an amazing conversation. I'd love to have some final thoughts, just the last thoughts um, that, that maybe you would speak to someone who's wanting to grow as a worshiper. Maybe it's something that you would think would be a word of encouragement to someone. Maybe they're new to the faith. Maybe they've walked with Jesus for a long time, but it's still like, I, I want to deepen uh, the, the heart of a worshiper in my life, this vertical relationship. What, what would you say? Uh, to to that person. Uh, Let's start with you, Gordon. Man, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is you don't have to be perfect. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) uh, Because I think on on a personal note, this idea of being a a worshiper, let alone a worship leader, I ran from for a long time. Yeah. Because I was like, ah, you know, I did this, that, or the other thing, and I got to be spotless before I even, like, 
can engage in worship even yeah. beyond like a worship leading, uh, you know, platform. But, um, I, I think I would say that to, you know, someone tuning in and, and watching today that it, even the condition that you are right now is exactly the condition to be able to worship God. Yeah. Um, I think of man, the first line of Jaira and whenever mm -hmm. we sing that song, I wish we'd camp on this one line that you'll never be more loved than you are right now. That's good. Cause he's loved you abundantly before you even knew who he was. So that's, really that's good. what I would say is you can, you can be who you are. That's a great, great final thought. How about you, Stephanie? What would yeah. you say? That's really good. I think even just a knowing that as, as the foundation of, I don't need to be in, in any certain condition to approach God or to engage in worship. Uh, so knowing that, but then even maybe one step further of uh, practice, mm. as silly as that sounds, mm. um, yeah. just do it. Just yeah. enter into worship with him in whatever way, like going back to the definition of, of worship is, you know, realigning yourself to, to God and, and recognizing worth. And so mm. look for ways to do that. Uh, other than singing collectively as a group on a Sunday morning yeah, um, and just practice. It's That's good. a muscle that you stretch. Yeah. And um, when you develop, yeah, you don't need prerequisites to start. Just do it. Yeah. Really good. Jim, final thought of encouragement. Yeah, that's so good. I, I guess I would add to that too, that, you know, just to be intentional and, you know, like you said, just come as you are. You don't have to put on any pretentious, um, attitudes or anything, as I already kind of shared, sometimes, you know, we don't have the right attitude, but if you, if you come in uh, with the intention of wanting to be in his presence and worship and do what you can to make yourself available and surrender, like you said, mm. then that's a great first step. Mm. And uh, he'll take it from there because, you know, just remember that he wants to spend time with us more than we want to spend time with him. Yeah. You know, that's hard to imagine, hard to fathom that, that <laughs> the creator of all things wants, really wants to be with me, or really wants to be with you, yeah. wants to be with us on a yeah. personal level. Yeah, that's, that's good. Don, last word on this subject. <clears throat> I think of an old chorus. He's my glory and the lifter of my soul. Hmm. And I've witnessed the people and say, what do you want the Lord to lift you above? Hmm. What problem, what situation, what inner desire do you have? And you just feel like you're grounded. Hmm. But I said, as you worship the Lord, he has a way of bringing you into his presence in a way that just suddenly he begins to lift you. You see higher ground. The Lord helps you to rise above. And so I say that to people that I'm witnessing to. The Lord has a wonderful way of doing the unexpected. If you will just say, Jesus, I worship you. Lift me up to where you are and just show yourself to me in a greater way. And just begin to thank him 
for lifting you and you feel the presence and the worship of the Lord will become more meaningful to you. That's good. Well, to all of you, thank you for this time, uh, for your insight, for your hearts for Jesus. It has been meaningful to me. I know it will be meaningful for everybody who gets to experience this. And uh, to Cove Church, we're looking forward to continuing this conversation as uh, we continue our series called Worship, Building the Vertical Life. And so thank you for that word of how Jesus wants to elevate us bring us up and out and into better things with him. And so we pray that you're experiencing that. We pray you have an amazing uh, weekend, an amazing week of discovering more and more of what it is to be a worshiper, to live a life of worship. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.